So we worship a God, Jesus Christ, who says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. Yeah. And uh, he says uh, that if you want to be the greatest, you need to be the servant of all. And Paul says in Philippians that our attitude should be the same of Jesus. And that is, if he serves us, then we need to be willing to serve one another. And we don't have a relationship with him unless he serves us through his death, burial, resurrection. We can't have a relationship with others unless we serve them. But early in our marriage, you thought you were serving me and I thought I was serving you, but how were we doing? We were missing each other and becoming resentful instead because we weren't asking. We were just serving in ways that we wanted to serve, but not necessarily in ways that the other person needed to be served. Well, howdy, I'm Mark and... I'm Grace. <laughs> welcome back to the Real Marriage Podcast. We, um, we're we having a really fun season. We are a ministry couple. I run men's ministry, you run women's ministry. And uh, we pastor here at the Trinity Church in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we're in the book of Romans. Probably the most epic, incredible, overwhelming, debated book, probably of the entire Bible. And uh, you've been teaching the gals, I've been teaching the guys, and we've been studying Romans together. Mm -hmm. And so what we would like to say, first of all, is we would love it if you would join us in studying the book of Romans. One way to guarantee to build and grow your relationship with God and your spouse is Bible study together. And so what we have done, uh, we put together a full study guide. If you want it, uh, we're happy to send it to you. And uh, it's an introduction, an overview. There's an entire sermon series that's now halfway through the book of Romans at realfaith.com. You can have all of these resources for free. And what we would encourage you to do as a couple is to dig into God's Word together. And Grace and I would love to help you. That being said, we're going to take these episodes and we're going to talk about some of the major themes from the book of Romans. We're not going to go through the whole thing like we do in the sermon series. We want to talk about how it applies to relationship with God and relationship with spouse. And ultimately, Romans breaks down into two portions, Romans 1 through 11. It's about your relationship with God, how you come into and grow into your relationship with God. Chapters 12 through 16 is about your relationship with others. And really, this is what Jesus said, love God, love neighbor. Well, your spouse is your nearest and dearest neighbor, so you start there. That's the outline of Romans, love God, love others, starting, we would say, with your spouse. So we're going to have a little bit of fun. And anything you'd want to share at the front end, honey, how it's been for you, studying Romans together and also walking through it with uh, with the ladies? No, it's just been fun because it's a real guy, Paul, who wrote it, and he has a real life story with a real encounter with God, and we all need that. We all need to be encountering God, and we need to be in His Word, and then we need to assess how we're doing and how, how we view God, how we view ourselves in light of God. And Romans is a great way of doing that. So then we can learn how to walk with the Lord closely and figure out day to day what that looks like. So it's been a great study for us. Yeah. And a lot of people think Romans is primarily theological. It is deeply, but it's largely relational. And mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that gets overlooked and missed. And that's what we really want to focus on. Right theology should lead to right relationships. Yeah. Healthy theology should lead to healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. um, so let's start. Maybe we just start in Romans chapter one, verse one. We're just going to do one verse this episode. Uh, maybe, maybe you read it. And my thought was, let's start where Paul starts. Let's start where the Holy Spirit starts. Let's start where Romans starts. 
Yeah, Romans 1, 1, Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. So what he's talking about here is his role versus his responsibility. And his um, his responsibility is as an apostle. And his um, his role ultimately is one where he has an office of authority, but his ultimate ministry is serving. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk a little bit about this, because if a guy like Paul can start by saying, I'm here to serve, that's where he begins. Uh, the people that he's writing to in Rome, he's opening up the relationship, he's setting and establishing kind of the the guidelines and the guide frames for the relationship. And what he's saying is, hi, my name is Paul. I have massive authority as an apostle, but I'm here to serve you. Mm. I'm here to serve you. And it's a posture of humility. And he starts the relationship by establishing that his whole goal is to serve God uh, by serving them. So let's talk a little bit about just serving in general and why this is foundational to all of our relationships, starting with our relationship with God and then with our spouse. Well, I mean, definitely Paul started out religious and he wasn't serving God, but he thought he was. And so God had to really do a work to get him to reorient his brain and his heart toward serving God. And so first of all, trying to figure out, it says set apart for the gospel of God. Um, How do we serve in a way that's set apart for the gospel of God. God has a uh, an opportunity for each of us to serve in a way that shares the gospel with people through our living. And as you said, that starts with marriage. If we're not doing that first in our marriage, then our spouse can become kind of bitter or um, feel left out of your world. And so finding that place in our marriage where we can best serve each other. And one of the best ways to do that is frankly, just to ask each other, how can I serve you? How can I best love you through serving you? So let's talk about that. Because first of all, we don't have a relationship with God unless he serves us. Mm -hmm. So we worship a God, Jesus Christ, who says, I didn't come to be served, but to serve. And uh, he says uh, that if you want to be the greatest, you need to be the servant of all. And Paul Mm -hmm. says in Philippians that our attitude should be the same of Jesus. And that is, if he serves us, then we need to be willing to serve one another. And we don't have a relationship with him unless he serves us through his death, burial, resurrection. We can't have a relationship with others unless we serve them. But you point out something that's really important. That is oftentimes in marriage, we're serving, but we're not asking. Mm Mm-hmm. So this was a problem in our marriage. Yeah, for sure. We've only had two problems. This was one of them. So (laughs) we'll get to the other one in the next episode. (laughs) But early in our marriage, you thought you were serving me and I thought I was serving you. But how were we doing? We were missing each other and becoming resentful instead because we weren't asking. We were just serving in ways that we wanted to serve, but not necessarily in ways that the other person needed to be served. And then you feel unappreciated. Mm -hmm. You're like, I'm doing so much. I'm trying so hard and nothing I do, you know, registers on the Richter scale. Mm -hmm. You know, why even bother? Mm -hmm. So um, be honest about, but not too honest. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for you, what were the ways that I felt or thought that I was serving you, but it wasn't the ways that you really ultimately needed me to be serving? Well, for me, most of it that I needed was practical, just helping out with the kids or helping out around the house or helping, you know, run an errand or something super practical. But you didn't think that that stuff really was important at that time, that that was just, you know, not needed, that I had that handled. And and I did sort of, but I, I had so much to do that I needed help with it at times. Um, and so you 
you tended to have other ways of serving me, which I needed to appreciate more. You were an amazing provider and worked very hard. And I needed to make sure I was encouraging that and commending that because I, I needed that. Um, but I also needed some of the other little things. And, um, but you, yeah, you provided, you protected, um, you were a great dad to the kids. There was a lot of things that you were doing, um, but we were just missing each other on some of the the little things that added up to some resentment. Well, and I'm thinking, you know, I need to go to work. I need to provide. Um, you know, when I come home, be engaged and involved with the kids. And it's like, I'll buy Grace flowers. I'll buy her a gift. And you're thinking, please take the trash out. <laughs> yeah, or carry the laundry upstairs <laughs> that I've been doing for <laughs> 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. And I was probably standard off the rack, typical oblivious to the details oh, in the house guy. Yeah. Guys don't see things. I think that they're just born that way. They don't see certain <laughs> aspects. I'll just be honest. It may be an intentional blindness. Uh, okay. <laughs> we may Thanks not be totally victims. Um, but I'm still, I mean, I I think I've gotten better. We, we've been doing this a while, but I mean, I've told you, if anything happens to you, what's my backup plan? <laughs> Probably move into a hotel because there's people to cook and clean and <laughs> do your laundry because you don't know how to do any of it. <laughs> <laughs> I am a really pathetic, spoiled man. People have said that all the time. They're like, you're just spoiled. I'm like, yep. yep. <laughs> and I appreciate that. So one of your gifts is serving. Mm -hmm. It comes very naturally for you. For me, I have the gift of being served, so it works out really well for our marriage. But as a person who has the gift of service, how does that how does that work for you? Well, it does come naturally, but every once in a while, it's just nice to have a thank you or have it done for me to show that it's at least recognized that I'm doing it. I don't require a lot of that, but I do have moments especially when the kids were little, when you feel like you're running ragged, you're exhausted and things never end and there's not a thank you or a, an appreciation. And so for me, um, I do love serving, but it's also just nice to be appreciated in the midst of it. And and with your gift of serving, you look for opportunities. Mm -hmm. And uh, part of the frustration that uh, that I had early on in our marriage was, in ministry, there's so many people to serve. Mm -hmm. And I felt like, man, they're always cutting in line. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everybody's got a need in their emergency, and they know that Grace likes to serve, mm -hmm. uh, but they were cutting in line. And for me, my um, desires to be served by you were more time, mm -hmm. uh, time touch. touch. Yeah, mm -hmm. just I call it the ministry of presence. Mm -hmm. It's just having you around. And you're more— I'm um, a doer. Yeah, you're a doobie, not a mm -hmm. not a BB. You're you're more uh, Mary Martha. Mm -hmm. Which one would you be? I would be Martha. Be Martha in the kitchen, not mm -hmm. Mary hanging out. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, for you, when you would think of serving, you're like Martha. You're like, I got to get up and do something. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking, for me, feeling served is more Mary. I need yeah. you just come hang out with me and sit there. I just like mm -hmm. having you around. You're mm -hmm. my favorite person. And um, and for me, home is wherever you're at. So it doesn't matter where we're at or what we're doing. As long as you're there, it's home to me. And so early on in our marriage, I think you felt like, man, I'm doing so much. Yeah. And Mark doesn't really appreciate and he's not really helping. He's just sitting there. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'm thinking, man, she's so busy. Why doesn't she come just sit with me? <laughs> yeah, it would have been helpful if we would have been able to articulate that to each other and just say, you know what? Yes, we do both have a lot to do and we rest at different times 
And my job as a mom and as a wife is 24-7, but I needed to learn to have some Sabbath moments and to put you as a priority in moments where you really needed that emotional connection as well. And I wasn't doing that because I was trying to catch up and that's just not a possibility to ever catch up. And so I needed to just take those pause moments. And so you taught me how to do that. We we became very frustrated with each other, but over time we learned how to talk through it a little differently and still have to talk through it and remind each other, hey, I'm right here, or can you help with this? You're not seeing it. And we, you know, we try and be kind about it, but yeah. Well, and this issue of servant, it's it changes through the course of a marriage. Yeah. So early on, you know, the ways that we needed to serve each other best changed once the kids came, mm-hmm. changed once, you know, employment opportunities and responsibilities increase. Yeah, now travel. that we get older um, and our kids, I mean, three of them are not under roof, two are. Mm-hmm. We've got two that are launched, uh, one that's in college and two that are still home. And the needs change because it's not like the little years. Mm-hmm. The little years are overwhelming, exhausting, mm-hmm. and they really take a toll on the marriage. But as the kids get older, it's more emotional time and energy. Yeah. It's more relational output than it is, you know, making sure they have fishy crackers and you pack the diaper bag mm-hmm. and all the details. Uh, they get their naps so they don't have a nuclear meltdown. It's all those way more scheduled details. when they're little versus when they're older and need an emotional time that you just have to be ready for and drop everything so you can connect with them at a heart level and not just make their food. Mm-hmm. And so it it trained me how to do that better for the kids in their older years um, because I definitely was more of a task mom and I would have just done that for forever. And I love the kids, but I didn't know how to connect necessarily as naturally. And so for me, learning to serve you in those ways of presence has taught me how to also serve the kids in their teen years. And I think um, one thing you mentioned in this series was um, to kind of look at the places, be willing to ask the Lord, where am I selfish, Lord? Because servanthood doesn't involve any selfishness. And we see that in the example, the perfect example of Jesus. And so where am I selfish, Lord? Can you search my heart and show me where I'm selfish? And ask the Lord to help you transfer that to servanthood Um, because we don't want to be selfish, but sometimes we're blind to it. And so we can either help each other out or the Holy Spirit can prompt us um, or maybe a friend that speaks into your life. But but yeah, just ask, ask to find those places of selfishness and then transfer that to servanthood and ask your spouse, you know, how can I serve you? And be willing to do it. Don't ask and then be like, yeah, well, I don't really want to do that. Okay, let's clarify. And then they do it. Do they need to do it the way you want them to do it? Well, you want me to say no, (laughs) but... But it depends. Yeah. So I didn't know you had to wash the dishes before you wash the dishes. I was like, that's why I bought a dishwasher. We take the dirty dish and we put it in the dishwasher. And somebody's whole job was to strategically design something to wash the dish. But I then was discipled. Well, there's efficient ways of doing things. So I think, you know, it depends. I think, honestly, you need to be willing to serve each other in the way that they need to be served or want to be served. And the way but, it should be done. So last night. But if it's not I, done perfectly, you I, still have to appreciate it. I rinsed it. the dish. I just want to publicly testify. <laughs> I rinsed all the dishes yes. last night before yes. we put them in the dishwasher yes. because I knew we were recording this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> So part of it is asking, how can I serve? And that does change. So you got to keep asking. And then exactly how does this need to be 
done. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes somebody's got a way of doing it, and to serve them is to do it the way that they need it done. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So you talked about servant versus selfish. We're all on this spectrum. And again, we're in Romans 1. And Romans 1, 1, Paul says, I'm here to serve. Servant. The gospel is Jesus serves me, and I'm here to serve you. And so that's that's where he starts. That's where we start. And what we like to say is we all exist on a continuum from servant to selfish. And like Grace said, they're, they're mutually exclusive categories. If you really are a servant, you really are not selfish. If you are really selfish, you can't really be a servant. Um, and uh, we'll close with this. Three kinds of relationships. And think about your marriage. Uh, a selfish person married to a selfish person. It's a brutal relationship. It's brutal. Why is why is a marriage between two selfish people a brutal relationship? Because they're only looking out for themselves and they maximize their selfishness. So there's no um, thoughtfulness. There's not a giving heart. Um, both taking, no both demanding, mm -hmm. uh, both You're trying to win, each using each other. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. And so that's a... That's just a brutal relationship. And the question is, is one of you more selfish mm -hmm. than a servant? Or are you both more selfish mm -hmm. than a servant? Um, the most contentious, head-on collision, difficult relationships we've ever seen, two selfish people. Mm -hmm. And uh, marriage doesn't uh, change your selfishness. It reveals it. And they actually have hard hearts usually is what it leads to because you just, you don't appreciate anything about the other person because you're not willing to even even examine, you know, their, who they are. You're just looking out for yourself. So then what happens if you have in a marriage, one person who is selfish and one person who is a servant? That's abusive toward the servant person. So the, the it's a give and a take, mm -hmm. right? You give, I take. Yep. I win, you lose. Mm -hmm. um, you pour out, and uh, and I just consume all of your service, and I don't pour anything back into you. Mm -hmm. uh, that is an that is an abusive relationship. Yeah. What happens to someone that's in that kind of marriage, but they've they've been stuck in it for a very long time, and they're hearing this, and they're like, you know what? My spouse is really selfish, and maybe I am to some degree too, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm trying to serve them, and mm -hmm. I, I feel like this is abusive. I'm just tired. Of, I'm, I'm exhausted. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, they usually kind of become a shell of themselves because they can't keep up with the expectation and the negativity and um, the disrespect, dishonor. Um, and honestly, I mean, we're all selfish to some degree, but if someone's in a relationship like that, um, I would strongly encourage that they seek wise counsel, either counseling or pastoral wise counsel somehow and figure out what a future looks like with that person and, and how you can continue to uh, love the Lord and work through that. Or if it's very abusive, then obviously you need to look at options of protection for yourself. Yeah, and we're not advocating, you know, rush to divorce or anything, but mm -mm. Moses, uh, Jesus does quote Moses, and he says that, uh, that that a real problem is in marriage is hardness of heart. Mm -hmm. That's the line that Jesus uses. And a, a person who's just consistently um, selfish, mm -hmm. there is a hardness of heart. Yeah. There's not a consideration. Um, there's not an appreciation. Um, there's not even a devotion. Right to the other person in the relationship. And that Usually is haughtiness involved as well. And that's, you know, God despises that. So, and then the, the third category, so there's 
a selfish person married to a selfish person, that's a brutal relationship. A selfish person married to a servant, that's an abusive relationship. A servant married to a servant. That's, you can flourish. It's beautiful to see that. So talk about that. Who comes to mind? You don't need to say their name, but a couple that you're like, yeah, they, they serve each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have several couples like that that you just see a genuineness in their love for each other, their appreciation for each other. They have God at the center of their relationship, um, and then they're both submitting to God and loving each other through that. And we have several couples like that. So usually what happens when you have two selfish people, um, it's just a lot of conflict, a lot of animosity, a lot of demands, a lot of expectations, a lot of burdens. Um, if you have a servant with a selfish person, eventually the servant just gets worn down, exhausted, beat up, discouraged, kind of broken. Mm-hmm. And when you have two people that are really committed to serving one another as Christ has served them to the best of their ability, um, those are the people that tend not to have brutal marriages. They tend not to have broken marriages. Right. They tend to have beautiful marriages. Yeah. I, I've seen a lot of really traumatic marriage counseling between the selfish and the selfish. I have never seen a full-blown marital war between the servant and the servant. Yeah, they're teachable. They want to get better together. And they ask questions like, how can I do better? What do you need? Uh, how can I help? Mm-hmm. Uh, those are the people that if you're both doing that. So let's say somebody's hearing this and they're like, okay, either we're both selfish or at least one of us is selfish. Where do we start if we want to make a pivot? Well, again, start with yourself and ask the Lord to reveal any selfishness in places that either you have hurt and you need to uh, forgive or work that through, or maybe you're just hard-hearted and you need to repent. Um, That our selfishness can come from any any number of um, foundational issues. Um, so just really trying to ask the Lord to help you figure that out so that you can be a servant. And and we would encourage, there are probably areas in your marriage where you do serve. Mm-hmm. And then there are probably areas where you are selfish. Mm-hmm. And sometimes what we can do is say, well, look at all the good things I do or look at all the things that I do provide. And it's like, well, but let's look at everything. And it may be, you know, I, I work hard, I serve, and I, I feed, and I put food on the table, and I take care of the family. Yeah, but you're not emotionally serving. Right, exactly. You're like, well, I, I do all the chores and all the tasks, but I'm not sexually available. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we've all got areas where we will serve mm-hmm. um, more likely, and we've all got areas where we're more selfish, mm-hmm. and we can use the areas that we serve to excuse the areas where we're selfish. Mm-hmm. And so I think you're right, sweetheart, that it is going to the Lord and saying, okay, where am I? Where am I selfish? Mm-hmm. And then um, thanking the Lord Jesus that he served us by dying to forgive yeah. that sin and selfishness. And then going to the spouse and saying, I, I want to apologize. I'm sorry. I want to own this. I've been selfish in this area. And I'm, I'm asking you to forgive me and also to tell me how can I be a better servant in this area? Because I, I do want to make improvement and try. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you have a healthy marriage, it's not perfection, but it's progress. Yeah. And if somebody's like, well, you're, you haven't done it perfect. It's like, no, no, but am I making progress? Because if I love you, that's the pursuit is progress. Yeah. So why don't you close our uh, episode in prayer, honey, and maybe just pray because this would be a great conversation for the couples to have, and uh, they're going to need some Holy Spirit grace on it so it doesn't end up in a conflict. 
Yeah. Dear Lord, thank you for uh, your example in Romans, but ultimately your example in Christ that he came to serve and that is what you've called us to do, Lord. So I just pray that as we're working through these things in our marriages, that you would reveal stuck places, places where we're selfish, places where we're protecting um, hurt or harm that's been done, places where we're hard-hearted. Lord, I just pray that you would um, convict and heal and uh, allow forgiveness to flow freely uh, as they have these discussions that maybe they haven't yet or um, have been afraid to have. I just pray for courage and I pray for kindness of the words. And Lord, I just pray for a lot of forgiveness to surround these conversations, Lord. Thank you for this opportunity to share our own experiences and to look to you as a perfect servant in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, babe.